what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today I have with us music executive Squeak joining us today. How you doing, Squeak? Hey, what up, Cliff? How's it going, Chan? It's going good, man. It's going good. I appreciate you taking time to come on The Sane Show today. Really excited to kick this off and have a great conversation with you. Well, thanks for the, the invite. Yeah, yeah. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a shout out all the listeners and everybody across the world for taking and continuing to like, share, subscribe. And again, everybody in all 50 plus countries, I really appreciate you guys. Love you guys for continuing to show you love and support for the same show. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, make sure to check us out on IG and Twitter at same underscore show. Again, same underscore show, S-A-N-E underscore show. So today we're going to talk about the you know, life of an A&R, something that you know all about during your time <laughs> as a music executive. And then we're going to talk about the changing of the guards, something I'm really excited to talk about. That was okay. something we had discussed in conversation, or you had mentioned in conversation, so I really wanted to take a dive deep into that. And then following those two topics, we're going to have an interview with you this week so that the listeners can learn more about you, your time in the industry, and all the exciting things that go along with that as well. So right. okay. let's go ahead and hop right into the first topic, life of an A&R. So like I was talking to you about it earlier, I think it takes a lot of work to find good artists, in, especially in the environment that we're in today. Because I think about when I'm trying to find good music, I go through SoundCloud, Every blue moon, I might go through Reverb Nation, I'm on YouTube, going through Apple Music, going on Spotify. I don't listen to Pandora much, but I found out about artists through that as well. And it's great. And, you know, this is a conversation that I have with people time and time again, as far as like, it's great that a lot of these barriers have been eliminated that have prevented people from recording music and being able to put it out there and share it with the whole world. Because you have these platforms that allow you to do that for free and recording software that you, you know, you don't have to go to a studio. I mean, obviously, you are not going to get the best of quality all the time, but you, you got something to create some content with and put out there. So I just imagine I can only imagine how difficult it may be for someone like an A&R to find up and coming talent when you have what I like to call a lot of noise out here. Truth be told. You got a lot of talented people, and I feel like there's more not-so-talented people than there are talented people, in my opinion. Right, right. With all of this noise, it's harder to get to the talented people. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, for me, it's it's like this. If you know talent, then you know how to seek it. It's like a coach. You know what I mean? When you take a successful coach, football coach, and basketball coach, baseball coach, how many colleges you have? You have so many different colleges and so many minor different leagues. But a coach, a good coach, knows a player when he sees it. Doesn't have to be that superstar, but he knows it, the potential. A good coach knows it doesn't have to be a superstar, but he can see the potential. For me, it's the same way in, in music, dealing with producers, writers, and artists. So I look for the potential in it and the person. They don't have to be the drop down, okay, this is Whitney Houston. When you're an A&R, in my opinion, in anything that you're doing, if you know what you're doing, it's not going to be that difficult. That's just my opinion on it. I still take the same approach that we did back in the day. 
It's just you have this different technology. And my approach is you still have to have great relationships and still be in the streets. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have a great relationship with this club promoter, this club owner, the bartender, the barbershop dudes, the malls, the radio stations. Because all these people have events. The only way you can meet these folks is, you know, these artists, producers and writers, you got to be out there. So I always felt that by being out there and going to different places that a lot of people don't want to do, they just want to sit in the office and scan YouTube and the rest of the social media to find the next artist. Okay, but if you do that, can you go to that man or that woman's city? You know what I mean? And and be like, I I need to meet them. I need to see what's up with them. What they doing in this city? Uh, Are they the shit in this city? You know, I have no problems with jumping in a car, in a truck, and we hit city to city. As far as being in R and searching for new talent, you just got to know where to go. That takes you back to when you're on that ground level. When you was on that ground level and you was building and, and working hard to make a name for yourself. You know, those things still apply to this day. You know, it's just, Damn. what was you about to say? Nah, that's deep. No, that's, that's true. <laughs> it's true. It's like when I was talking to an, an agent and talking about being a music agent. Like, that's the stuff you have to do. You know, you want to find some of the best acts out here in, in the music scene. So a lot of what you're saying sounds a lot like what I've heard somewhere mm-hmm. else before, except instead of A&R, music agent. So, I mean, it's true. You got to do that groundwork. So <laughs> um, yeah. I want to ask you, how, how do A&Rs interact with everybody else on the team? Because, you know, I was mentioning earlier about how you have the manager, the agent, the PR person. And it just seems sometimes that some of these functions may overlap. As I'm looking into what A&Rs do, how do they fit in and how do they interact with everyone else? Well, from on my end, you know, I can only speak for me and how I do things. I do a lot of things on as far as is respect for the team. So by having respect for an artist's team, that means I respect their chain of command. I make sure I know who everyone is and I know who they are. And, you know, I make it a point to have a relationship for everyone to know who I am and I know who they are. So I know what their job is. I don't need to talk to your attorney or your uh, PR and stuff like that. I need to address the artists and their manager. So, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think an A&R or anyone you're dealing with, man, needs to have in a relationship and know who everyone is a part of that team. And, and you know, show sign of respect by using that chain of command. You know right. what I mean? Don't, that's how you get things done. There's a reason why that artist has a team and we need to utilize that team to get that artist to where we want them to get to. I imagine being an A&R, again, as I was doing my research on what exactly A&Rs do, one of the things I did forget is that they're in on the recording process. I Correct. imagine it's a lot of fun because, again, I like music. And, and if, I were get, if I were to be an A&R for one of my favorite artists, I would imagine it's a lot of fun like to be able – I mean, obviously, you have to, you have to be, a, I guess, a good judge, and you have to be able to, to let them know, like, hey, look, like this isn't it. You know, or you can do a little bit here, you can go a little bit there. So what, what, what is it like being in that position and doing that? It's, uh, it's amazing. It's like watching a painter painting his portrait. Certain people, uh, you know, every artist and, and writer and producer is different. When I was in the room with Jazzy, Jazzy Faye, producer, songwriter, when I would be in the room with him, 
and to hear him make music and was it was amazing the ideas he would come up with. Being in a studio with Jonte Austin, he writes a song. That guy is incredible as far as how creative he is in storytelling, how he comes up with it so quick. Listen to different rappers, like when Jeezy was doing his first album and we was working on that, you know, how he, how he brought the storytelling of the streets to life. Like, yeah. there's so many, it was so many artists. I always say Jeezy, man, hear me out when I say this. Jeezy did Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, better than Jay-Z. Are you serious? And this is what I, this is what I mean by it. Man, when you, and I'm, a, I'm a big whole fan too, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whole I'm listening, fan. Though. I'm listening. When Jay-Z came out, this is just my opinion. When Jay-Z yeah. came out on Reasonable Doubt, I said, man, this dude is the shit. Like, I'm from D.C. We don't care too much for, for rap. It's go-go R&B and all that. Certain dudes we're going to gravitate to. And when I heard Jay-Z and I would listen to him over and over, I was like, hey, this dude right here, he either in it or he around somebody who really in it. Like, he, he talking that shit and he's showing that shit. So, you know, he come out yeah. with, the, with the latest cars and all that and the watches and all that. Jeezy took it to a whole nother level on that. Dude painted that whole picture of what he was rapping, that whole track. You see a, a video of him pulling up in the Ferrari, in the backpack full of money, taking the cars to city to cities filled with Ferrari, Lambos, Bentleys, BMWs. So you got to see him really bring it to life. When he would go to a city, he would shut a city down. Every hood dude, every hood chick is coming out there and they celebrating. Yeah. That was incredible to see um, your B-Cop. You know, watching him uh, create music was, was, was incredible. A guy I grew up with and my business partner, Terry Ross, out in L.A., when we got Yaru, we had an artist named Yaru, got signed to Dr. Dre. Terry got him signed up over there. And I remember, this is when Dr. Dre was working on The Wash, and he made a beat. I was just like, eh, you know what I'm saying, to myself. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from that was we left to go you know, go get some heat, run some air, do the run around all that stuff in LA. Then we came back and we heard what he did that taught me never to judge anything before, until the finished product. I've been fortunate enough to watch uh, producers and writers, man, to, you know, be able to paint their picture and, and, I, and I can just sit in that room and just be like, damn. <laughs> you know, to hear something get started, like, you know, like an idea, an idea yeah. turning into a finished product to where mm-hmm. when that finished product comes, he probably played that song like 10, 20 times straight afterwards. And then to hear it on the radio. For to hear it on the, yeah, I that's got to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I remember, I remember listening to when I was at noontime. And I remember being in the room with Chris Hicks, trying to think of the A&R that was over at Sony. I believe it was a Sony. I can't remember his name. But this was the early 2000s. And he mm-hmm. played a he played a record, and it was uh, Sunshine Anderson. Heard it all before. <laughs> this is before anyone heard it. Anyone, any, any, yeah. Any, you know what I'm saying? And then when you hear it, and you're like, oh my goodness. I'm sitting in a meeting, playing beats, and Beacox played uh, a beat. Man, that joint was crazy. And oh, then man. watch it turn into Fabulous. The song was Fabulous. So it's just like. It's like, amazing. You don't man. know that song now. 
Right, right. It's not, <laughs> not, not just who don't know. It's just like you got to see something from start to finish. You're happy and excited for everyone that was involved in it, at least for me. Right. I can only speak how I feel. Like, man, you did that. To watch a, a rapper go in there and do that. I'm going to tell you something. I was in a room. Well, I'll say that for later, for the for, for great highlight. Okay. I'll say that for the great highlight. All right, now we're back. So I wanted to talk to you about changing of the guards. Again, something that you had brought up coming off the recording that I had with DJ Finesse. One of the things we talked about was the entertainment inner circle. I really thought that this was fitting coming off of that conversation because not only in the in, in the inner circle, but it's like once you get in there and then how I look at it, it's like we talk about changing the guards, how basically people change position in the industry. And I guess the most recent example I can think of is like hip hop. For the longest it's been this conversation about people like Tupac and Biggie and Jay Z, Nas and now the conversation has shifted to, you know, Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, or some people would say Wale or Big Sean. But the whole idea of, again, changing positions and even not just changing positions and people being on top, but then also when we usher in a new generation of artists. Because, again, one of the things I think about, you see it in comedy, too. And mm-hmm. like you can tell when you start seeing people getting more, I guess, more attention or they get more opportunities or they're starting to get noticed by this person or they're starting to get highlighted. I'll sit back and say sometimes like, okay, the industry is picking, you know, it's that cycle again. We're starting to see who almost like the chosen ones. Yeah. Like your Kevin Hart's and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just like tell you are, how they picked them. Right. Exactly. So it's like, yep. So we're seeing it now, especially in the, even with like Instagram, like, you know, like even now I can say, I feel confident that I can even pick out, okay, the people that almost made the cut, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Because like, if they made the cut, you know, like one of the comedians here, actually, he got a Netflix special. So it's like, well, he made the cut, you know, he's mm-hmm. been doing the tours, he's been doing this and doing that. He's and like, yeah, he's got his own special now. It's like, yeah, he made the cut. He's, mm-hmm. He's part of the next, he's officially a part of the next generation. And I think like XXL magazine even helps with that when it comes to hip hop. Five, ten years ago with XXL, you see the artists in there, like you knew who were the people to be on the lookout for in the hip hop industry. Talk to me and the listeners a little bit as far as this thing of changing of the guards. You have changing of the guards, would it would it be in the in the industry as far as the artists and executives and everything like that? Mm-hmm. I think the uh, one thing what we have to do is we have to set an example before we change those guards. That's in my opinion. I think as far as an artist, artists need to challenge themselves, challenge the industries. So the next group of artists will come up and want to put their talents on another level than what it already is. When you look at, I think I grew up in a great era where I got to see artists look up to Stevie Wonder Smokey Robinson and all that. So they wanted to be great like them. Now we have to get, the leaders now have to embrace the youngins. You can't look at them, oh, you tripping. Y'all youngins is tripping. You got to embrace them. This is what they, this is what they own right now. So you got to embrace them and then show them the way, the proper way. Right. And I think 
we have a huge disconnect all the way around the board as far as the artists and the executives. You have a lot of people in place that really didn't get a proper transition. You know, I would never hate on them or anything like that on their position or where they at. But I think if they had a, a proper transition into that position, it'd be more beneficial for their career, their artists, and for the, uh, for the culture of the music. That's my opinion on that. That's how I look at things as far as changing on the guard. We gotta be responsible of who we let in and what we teach them. Oh man, it's so funny you say that as far as who we let in. It, it, one of the things I was talking to Finesse about is how when you get in, like, cause you, you know, I was talking to him about like how when I was younger and like, like eight, nine years ago when I got into this and you, you have what you want to do and then you, you learn the, you see the path that you have to take and you, you meet all these people along the way and hopefully you meet people that can help take you to the next level or at least offer you some sort of guidance to mm-hmm. get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I was telling them, it's like, it, it gets to a point where you don't realize it because when I look back at my journey now and I look at the opportunities that I have, you become a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And it also becomes your job at that point to help protect the industry. Like I said to him, I said, it's not that you're trying to keep people out. It's like you just said, you have to be careful about who you let in. When I think about it, like it's nothing, it's not a bad thing because like you don't want to let the wrong person in. That's why I, I thought it was, it was funny when you, when you said that, because I'm like, yo, that's so true. And yeah. go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you have to do that, man, because right mm-hmm. now, let's use hip hop and R&B, for example. You have to do that because then you're going to have the wrong people as the gatekeepers of it. And then the culture, the music, everything gets watered down. Mm-hmm. And right. there's no right. reason why someone else is making other people gatekeeper. There's no reason that another culture is making someone else the gatekeeper of a culture. Right. You're going to make that person the gatekeeper over here? Right. So you're about to tell me how things are in my culture are? Right. So you're about to tell. So, <laughs> so that means you're going you're gonna to hire people that don't understand or know how to move in the mm-hmm. culture. That's so true. it's like, you know, I'm not, you're not going to tell me that you stay over here and you've been over there and this and this and that. And like, no, come on, man. Put the right people in place. Put yeah. the people in place that know, that been educated on how to do this. Learn how to network. Learn how to build relationships. Learn how to talk. Learn how to see, to have the eye for things. You're just giving the key to anyone. You're giving the key to anyone because they listen to what you say. You're not, you're not going to bark back. So I give you the key. So you can run around. You got your job title. You can go do this and do that and do that. But it's not helping the culture of the, uh, of the music. It's not at all. That's true. Because I'll say this. I and this is something that I thought about when, you know, I was putting this together and we've seen it happen before is that people get put into position and that we, we expect the best of them, but then we see that it doesn't, it doesn't pan out like it should have panned out because they messed up something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yo, why did you do that? It's like, you were destined for this. You have the potential, like you talked about, right? And it's like, but you ruined it. And yeah. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish, finish. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you ruin, like, not only do they ruin it for themselves, sometimes they ruin it for other people. Yeah, so it, 
it sucks to see that happen. And that's, and that just speaks back to the whole thing of like being careful because if you're not careful, you might end up putting the wrong person in the right position. And it happens all the time mm-hmm. from music to sports to, you know, any, anything. You put the wrong people in the wrong, wrong you know, wrong people in the wrong position and the right positions. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We've seen it time and time again. People have cracked and it's like, yo, <laughs> come right. on. <laughs> right, right. All right, now for the interview. This is my favorite part of the show because I always get to learn about the guests and the cool things that they do. And lately, been having a lot of cool guests on. Always have somebody on cool, but again, always getting to get that insight to my guests and the things that they have going on. So, going to ask you a few questions so the listeners can get to learn more about you, the things that you do, and everything that goes along with that. So my first question to you is, how do you go about finding new artists? For me, I use relationships that I have. For me, I would go out of town. Uh, like say when, you know, say if I go out of town, right? And when I go out of town and say we did do radio, I got to do radio. I got to have an artist or somebody who's doing radio. We got to hit the malls, see what's going on. And then we hit the clubs and, and you know, holler at the promoters and uh, build relationships with them. Who's, who's hot here? Who's the man here? I like uh-huh. to find out who's the hot dude in the city, whether he is the hot dude in the street. You know what I mean? Just he, he don't do music. Okay, that's the hot dude. And he knows everybody. Oh, man, who's the hottest dude out here? Who's the hottest artist? Oh, uh, you know, we got a girl. She rap, man. She's the baddest thing out here in blah, blah, blah city. All right, let's meet it. She she performing? Yeah, she got a show over here. Or he performing? Yeah, they got a show over here. Let's check them out. Or they at the studio. So for me, I, I like to move around. You know, if I see something that's on social media, let's take a trip there. If we go into that city, let's see what's up. DM someone is, you know, that's cool. I'm such and such and such and such. I manage, I do this and this and that. That's cool. But I want to see what your city's saying about you. I want to see how you're carrying yourself. Social media, that's, you know, everyone's want to go off the numbers, okay? You can go off the numbers, but what kind of charisma this person has? Do they walk in a room and people light up or, you know, they style and all that? I want to see them in their environment, you know what I mean, where they're comfortable at, you know? To yeah. me, social media, I don't knock how anyone does what they, how they find and look for artists and writers and stuff, but I like to be in the presence with them. So that's why I don't have a problem being open and meeting artists. So with this next question, you almost touched on it, or you touched on it a little bit. <laughs> I know you want to wait for this one. What's one of your most memorable moments in your career? You know what? I can't say one. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you about a couple of them. Go ahead. Okay. One time we went to, back in the early 2000s, they used to have uh, the BMI Awards and the MTV Awards at the same the same weekend, and it would be in Miami. It was beautiful, man, beautiful. Because you see, everyone is there, everyone. So BMI Awards would be like, like Saturday. The MTV Awards would be that Sunday. You have everyone from every spectrum part of movies and music. So you're going to have hip-hop, pop, rock, everything. So we had the BMI Awards. And at the time, I was managing Jody Breeze. So we were walking on the red carpet. So when I'm walking on the red carpet, I'm guiding them on to do these interviews, to do photo ops and stuff like that. 
we got kind of close. The line started getting a little close. And so, you know, I heard someone. So, you know, you know, I can tell they was close behind me. And I turned around. It was Al Green. And I was like, God damn, this is Al Green. So I was like, man, I can't wait to tell my father, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, so I said, man, yeah. Mr. Green, man, how you doing, man? Da, 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 da. You know, just shot the, a quick hello, you know, respect, you know, and everything like yeah. that. I done met people before, different from athletes to actors to this and that. You know, I'm not starstruck at all. But when I saw Al Green, I was just like, man, that's Al Green. <laughs> so, uh, and everything like that. And, you know, that was when awards used to bring out everyone, all the legends. It was a great time. Yeah. An another time is when I was working with Jazzy Faye. And at the time, we was working at Dallas Austin Studio. And at that same time, Jazzy was, was on the radio station on Saturdays on Hot in Atlanta. So I'm in his room, and we're working. We're setting stuff up and everything like that for him to, to come work when he get off the station. And Patty LaBelle comes in. And at the time, I was engineering, and I was setting Jazzy stuff up, man. And it was another engineer in there, AJ. And we were in there, and Patty LaBelle came in, and she was like, I need to talk to Jazzy. I need to talk to Jazzy. And she started telling us stories about Jazzy because Jazzy Faye, his father, was the original member of the Barcades. So mm. when he was little, and his mom, his mom was in a gospel group too. So when he was little, all these people was at his house. You know, your Patty LaBelle's, and, you know, your Aretha's and all that. You know, they were, mm. they were like music royalty and stuff, right? So she would tell stories how she would come over to their house and cook and chill with his mom and chill with his dad and all this stuff, how she used to watch him and, and all this stuff. So she's telling stories. And the whole time I'm looking like, because I used to go see Patti LaBelle. And I'm like, I'm in a room with Patti LaBelle, man. <laughs> and then she starts recording. Mm -hmm. So when she, she sang, this is the fastest I've ever been in a, in a recording session. It's the fastest. Usually you got to do these takes and this and that and that. So when AJ recorded her, she sang the song down. So he's like, all right, we'll, we'll do that on the second track. She's like, nah, baby, I do one take. Mm. I was like, God damn. So she sang the song down, verse, verse, hook, hook, hook. Man, call Jazzy, put him on the phone. She said, baby, she was telling me, get Jazzy on the phone. So I called Jazzy the back line on the, at the radio station and, and patched him through so they can hook up, you know, afterwards and everything like that. But the whole mm -hmm. time I was sitting there, I was just like, man, this is Patti LaBelle. I never felt like that about any rappers <laughs> and R&B singers and, and all that. But, you know, with them two, I was just like, you know, because that's what I heard in the house. That's, right. I heard Al Green in the house when I was a little kid, man. You know what I'm saying? Patti LaBelle. So that's, those were my two, one of the two of my big moments right there. That, that's memorable moments. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> So what are, what are you up to these days? Uh, right now, still doing the production, doing the uh, production with Drum Squad Records. Still, we got the record label, Drum Squad Records, and works with my business partner, Terry, Terry Ross with Inner Sound. Still putting out music, still doing production for other artists, and we're working on our own, dipping into the tech world, film, okay. TV, and tech world, dipping into the marketing world as well to 
the game has changed so much and it's, it's so wide open. I really believe uh, we can do a lot cutting out the middleman because we can do so much. I'm working with Jonte Austin with his new project. Drum is about to put out his project. It's going to be a collective of artists on, on Drummer Boy's project. We're going to start dropping stuff out in May with this whole thing that's going on with the pandemic. It gives us an opportunity to give people content more so than, right. uh, than just the album form. So yeah, we, we're working on a little bit of everything that, that applies to uh, film, TV, and the, and the tech world. I'm very excited about a lot of the different things that we're doing. I'm, I'm, what's exciting to me is how much we can do now, how much we can take control of. I'm excited to see, once we come through this pandemic, of what's going on in this social media, that how much our culture is going to take control of our culture. I'm very excited to see what we do with that. You got a battle that's going on that Swiss and Timberland put together, and you got 200, oh, yeah, almost, a lot of them. yeah, 300 people are watching this. There's no label involved in this. I'm excited to see people really in our industry to wake up to realize how much power and control that we can have, and we can right. take it to whatever limits we want to. We make the world go round with our, with our art. You know what I'm saying? Everyone imitates us. No one can duplicate it. That's true. Really quick, before I let you go, let the listeners know where they can keep tabs, whether on you or your artists, so they, they can be out to look out for the latest releases that you are talking about coming out in May. For me, you can follow me on IG, Mr. Underscore Squeak. And Squeak is S-Q-U-E-A-K. That's my IG page, and I'm always posting stuff on there or live. Or You can definitely follow me on that. You can follow Jonte, Jonte Austin, on the real Jonte Austin. That's his Instagram. You can always follow Drummer Boy. Drummer Boy is uh, Drummer Boy Fresh on Instagram. So on those um, platforms, we are we're using those platforms to promote everything that we have. We have a couple, well, since this pandemic happened, we got two movies that Drummer was working on as far as being the, the producer, as far as, as the music. So we got to wait on that and see how everything happens with this stuff. And when everything gets called off, he you know, jumps back into that. And, but if you follow us on, on Instagram, you'll see, you'll see everything, all the up-to-date stuff. Well, you guys heard them, if, and if you missed it, that's why we got rewind buttons, so definitely go check them out on Instagram. I know I'm definitely going to make sure to follow you guys so I can stay up to date on everything you have going on, too. Really appreciate you taking time to come out on the same show and you know, really enjoyed the conversation. Definitely have to have you back on in the future. I'm excited to see what you guys come out with as well. Thank you again to the listeners for continuing to listen and show your support. Again, make sure to go follow the same show. Go make sure to follow Squeak. Go make sure to follow Drummer Boy as well. You're listening to The Sane Show. And until next time, we're out. Peace. Appreciate everything, Cliff. All right?